Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Tuesday, June 20th. Stocks are in the red in all major markets for the most part. So in the U.S., you have S&P futures down 20 points. It's about 44 basis points. NASDAQ futures are underperforming modestly. They're down 83 points, which is about 55 basis points. Then you have Dow futures off about 135 points, which is 40 basis points. So 40 to 45 basis points for U.S. equity futures. In Europe, you have the major indices down a similar percent, so about 40 to 45 basis points. Strong underperformance in chemicals, autos, the major mining stocks, tech and real estate. And then telecom, healthcare, and staples are outperforming. In Asia, um, the Nikkei finished about unchanged. You had relatively heavy losses in Hong Kong. The Hang Seng fell 1.5%. Shanghai Comp fell 50 basis points. Um, and then Australia was an upside standout, rallying about 85 basis points. So a couple of moving pieces this morning. Um, a lot of news, so a ton of macro and micro headlines out. I have everything in the piece this morning. Um, you know, in aggregate, I don't think anything really shifted dramatically since the close on Friday. Um, you know, you kind of saw this a little bit on Friday, whereby stocks certainly start to feel a little bit tired. Um, it does seem like we're kind of in a consolidation and digestion period after the very large rally over the last several months. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it just yet. We'll have to see how it unfolds. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of declarations that the whole move is over and that we're going back to the lows. Um, you know, I don't think that should be the conclusion just yet. For now, this is simply just a consolidation phase, nothing more. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of developments out of China. You had the Blinken trip to Beijing. He met with both his counterpart, the foreign minister, which was expected. He also got an audience with Xi. Um, most people thought that would happen, although it wasn't guaranteed. You know, a lot of the typical platitudes about how the talks were constructive, they're going to stay in touch going forward. So it went about as as well as one could hope, given the, um, you know, given that there are still some enormous tensions surrounding the relationship. There will be further contacts in the days and weeks ahead. Um, there is a big summit in November in San Francisco. It's unclear if she will attend that. Um, you know, reports suggest that he wants to attend that. Um, and then presumably if he does, there will be some type of a summit with Biden at that event. So there is an effort on both sides to kind of stabilize the relationship. But like I said, there are certainly huge tensions um, and, and big secular forces that are pulling the two countries apart as this kind of decoupling process continues. So, um, you know, mixed news on the geopolitical front. On the economic front, you know, there's a lot of talk about how markets are disappointed that China has not acted more forcefully on stimulus. You know, it's really just been about a week before the, you know, they've started pulling some of the rate levers. There's been reports in the press about how they're considering various different steps. Um, you know, I don't think people should be giving up on China's stimulus actions just yet. Um, you know, I'm, I, it's very likely there'll be further steps in the in the days and weeks ahead. They cut the loan prime rates overnight by 10 basis points each for the one-year and five-year loan prime rates. This was widely expected. Um, you know, this is the third rate cut they've done in the last couple of weeks. They have a variety of different policy rates in China. So when they cut one, they tend to cut them all, which is what they've done. They've cut them all by 10 basis points. There was some hope that the five-year loan prime rate may have gone down a little bit more, so 15 basis points instead of 10. But again, once they cut the first rate by 10 basis points, they cut all of them by 10 basis points. So this is all very much as expected. And I don't really um, agree with the criticism that they're not acting forcefully enough on, on stimulus. We'll have to see how things unfold. Although 
they clearly are not going to take the same steps they took in 2008 um, with kind of huge shock and awe fiscal and monetary stimulus. They're definitely going to be a lot more surgical this time around, but I think it's, um, you know, stay tuned for further steps to come. The two big headlines that really stood out to me were um, the German PPI, so the uh, producer price index in Germany for the month of May, came in below expectations at just plus 1%. This number peaked at plus 46% in August of 2022. So huge deceleration in um, the German PPI. And again, this is kind of my big macro theme. I think you're going to see an acceleration, an intensification of disinflationary pressures in the US and in Europe and the most major economies. This is going to remove a lot of pressure from central banks. Um, you know, this to me is kind of going to be one of the last big macro tailwinds for this stage of the rally. Um, and it's why I'm not ready to just throw in the towel just yet, even though we have reached, um, you know, expensive levels. And for the S&P, the overall S&P, there's really not a whole lot of upside. Um, even if you're the biggest bull, it's really hard to justify another 100 points, more than another 100 points on the S&P at these levels in the near term. Um, but I do think that you're going to have that final kind of disinflationary thrust in the economy um, that will serve as a as a tailwind for the market. Um, and then on the, on the micro level, you had in Europe, um, Lanxis, which is a relatively small cap specialty chemicals company in Germany, had a relatively large profit warning out yesterday after the European close. So that stock is leading Europe on the downside off over 15%. You're seeing chemical stocks across the board in Europe get hit. And that's actually the third negative chemical update we've seen in the last about week. So I have a lot more details in the piece today, but certainly some ominous developments um, on, on within the chemical space, which is a hugely cyclical group in the economy. Um, and just a lot of the same themes from Q1, um, you know, weakness in certain end markets coupled with ongoing destocking, um, you know, is creating headwinds in, in Q2. So we'll have to see if uh, we get any more confirmation on that front uh, going forward. We're about a month away, a little bit less than a month from the Q2 earnings season. And again, simply a function of price action, we went into the Q1 season with the S&P at 4,000 or below and relatively subdued expectations. We're not going to have that this time around. You're going to, you're at 4,400 and expectations have risen a lot on the earnings front. So corporate America won't have, um, you know, won't be operating with a very low bar. It's going to be a different setup, and that and that certainly creates some obstacles uh, for the Q2 season. For today's calendar, there isn't a ton. You have some housing data out at 8:30, and then you have FedEx earnings after the close. Um, you know, for FedEx, obviously, you have a lot. You're going to get a lot of macro insight into the state of the economy. But the big story um, for that company specifically is really, you know, the aggressive cost-cutting and restructuring actions that um that they are conducting on their own that's kind of helping earnings to outperform the um you know the underlying economy and that is everything for today like i said there's a lot more news so check out the piece for everything and thank you for listening